blazing fire, the gloomy darkness, storms, trumpet blasts, those begging that no message be further addressed to them. That is where we're not, according to the second reading. But what's going on there? The second reading, brothers and sisters, from the letter to the Hebrews, is a beautiful contrast between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. New Covenant. This understanding that the whole fire brimstone aspect of God versus what we understand when we come to Mass each and every Sunday, right? This understanding of the law of the Jewish faith and the Beatitudes and the way of virtue and relationship with Christ that we have post-Jesus Christ becoming a human being. So what's going on here, right? This is a description of when Moses brought the Ten Commandments to the Jewish people. And this is a description of what they experienced. It's from the book of Exodus. And they were scared. They were truly fearful. They could not even go to this mountain without being afraid that they would die. A donkey stray just walking towards this mountain where God dwelled would drop dead. It was such an intimidating scene from the angels and the lightning and the crashing that they went to Moses and said, please stop. We can't handle this anymore, right? It was an Old Testament version of the transfiguration, that moment where when God truly revealed himself to Peter, James, and John, and they fell back in just utter amazement. This understanding that God is awesome. He is terrible in the sense that he's not terrible, but I think there's another way to use that word that I mean it. And if it's not, I don't mean it. But he's amazing. He's God, okay? And what's going on there? Because God doesn't change. God is the same, the beginning, the middle, and the end, the alpha, and the omega. He's God. Yet, we don't experience this when we come to Mass, right? I used to give tours of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome when I lived there for three years. It wasn't my job, but I just loved that church so much that I learned all the information whenever people would come over from the diocese or like my one and a half friends would come over. I'd be like, all right, let's go see the St. Peter's Basilica. And one of my favorite things to talk about in there is a stone. It's a rock. It's called red porphyry. It's one of the hardest forms of granite in the world. If you know about the Sagrada Familia in Barcelona, this beautiful church that they've been building on for 100 years, they still got like 20 more years, the pillars of that church are made out of red porphyry. And it's a stone that in the old basilica was in the front of the basilica that Charlemagne in the year 800 was consecrated the first Holy Roman Emperor on this stone. And it was a stone that was brought to Rome by the Romans from Egypt. That was one of the things they did. They would go, they'd conquer something, like, that's nice, I'll take that, we'll go back to Rome. And what was this stone, this red porphyry? But it was what the pharaohs would make their thrones out of, that they would sit on. And if anyone, even their toe, touches the edge of the stone, they would be executed. Only the royal family could touch this red porphyry. And now if you go to St. Peter's Basilica, it's like a round, red, granite-looking stone. 
People just trample over it, right? So why am I talking about this? I don't know. <laughs> because for us, brothers and sisters, we don't have to worry about this understanding of the Old Testament. We do, but we don't. Why don't we? Because Jesus became man. Because Jesus took on our flesh and all humility. That that awesome and terrible and amazing God would become a human being. To need to eat like us. To need to sleep like us. He did all of that so he could die on the cross for us and be received into each and every one of us when we, when we take on Holy Communion, right? And he gave us the sacraments, specifically the sacrament of baptism, that through that, 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 that sacrament, we become part the royal family of God. So that that stone that we walk on in St. Peter's Basilica, we don't have to worry about whether or not we'll lose our life. Because we're in the family. Baptism allows us to participate in the sacraments. But that means we need to be like Christ. That means we need to take on that humility that's talked about in the first reading and in the gospel. Because the most important aspect of our lives, brothers and sisters, is that we are brothers and sisters in Christ, that we're a part of the same family. That when we come here, we recognize that the people who sit next to us, maybe we don't know them, maybe they didn't brush their teeth and they got bad breath, but guess what? The waters that connect you, the waters of baptism, that's a stronger bond than even the blood of a family, okay? So when we come together, we're family. We're part of the body of Christ. And through that, we're disciples of Christ to take on humility, to take on this understanding that Christ needs to be the center of my life. And if it's not, we gotta work on it, right? Maybe popularity is what's the center of my life. It's most important how many followers I have on InstaFace, right? Maybe it's power. Maybe it's through work that I need to have control over the situation. I need this person to know I'm more important to them. Maybe it's food. Maybe we are enjoying food too much. The pleasures of flesh. Whatever it is, if it's out of position, we got a problem. And how do we fix these things? It's like an iron bar. Well, we use a hanger, right? If you bend a hanger, I can't bend an iron bar. I can bend a hanger. If you want to bend a hanger back, if you go back to the center, it's still going to be off course, right? But we need to bend the hanger even further back so that afterwards it's straight. So if there's something in your life out of position, any of those things I was just talking about, we need to take on a radical move of removing it from our life for a time so that that correction, that attachment is no longer there. And then we can focus on being center of Christ, can focus on having that humility when we come to church, right? Because that same awesome, amazing, unbelievable, powerful God of that Old Testament, he's in that tabernacle right now. And we're about to walk up and receive him 
And brothers and sisters, I hope we all have great friendships with Christ. I hope we have a personal relationship with Christ. We're called to have that as Catholics. But he's not our buddy. He's God. And that fear of God, that's the first step of wisdom. Proper fear of God. So when we come up, we recognize we're in the family. We're not ashamed. We're not fearful as in scared for a life. But we're in fear of what is totally, unbelievably powerful and just humbling to know that he's going to come into our bodies to spend time with us. Nothing on this earth is more important than that. It's the source and summit of our faith. So in a few moments, there's going to be a part of Mass that each and every one of us have said hundreds, if not thousands of times. But I want you to reflect on it. It's when I lift up the host. And what do we say? Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, the roof of my mouth. But only say the word and I shall be healed. Brothers and sisters, a miracle is about to take place on this altar. And then we're going to have five to ten minutes with our Lord. Use that time. Thank him. Spend time with him. Don't rush out of mass. Don't go flying into the parking lot. Even if you spent ten minutes with our Lord, the parking lot would be empty. You wouldn't have to worry about it. But brothers and sisters, that fear and humility, that's what our Lord is calling us to have in order to fully appreciate what it means to be a part of that body of Christ.